Episode 90 is here, everybody, with my man, Danny Schneider. Danny just got back from an epic, adventurous trip to Europe, was gone for 43 days touring the continent and traveling from country to country, city to city throughout a 43-day stint and uh, sheds light and shares his experiences with us. So if you've got any interest in going to uh, Europe and trying to figure out what to do or where to go or how to do go about it. This is definitely the episode for you. And uh, as he says, find him on Instagram. We've linked it up in the show notes, and you could uh, shoot him a, a message, contact him. He'll be happy to uh, give you guys pointers on what he did. And uh, with that said, as always, folks, hope you're enjoying the podcast. This is episode 90. Got a special podcast coming up here as we approach 100. My mother's been driving me crazy and she says she's coming on for the 100th episode so uh how do you say no to your mom she wants to come on and interview me for a change so uh i think that's what we're doing as we approach episode 100 want to start talking about it now and teasing it now uh but my mother ida haber will be joining me for episode 100 and we will be having a chat about who the hell knows what but uh it should be entertaining nonetheless and uh, with that said subscribe please click subscribe and join the Optimal Life movement, the Optimal Life family, as we continue to grow. And uh, really, really, truly appreciate everyone's support. So click subscribe. And then once you have, sit back, relax, and welcome the one and only Danny Schneider. The Optimal Life. Brother. What's going on, my man? How you doing? Doing really well. How are you? Welcome back to the States. Glad to be back. Well, partially. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I'm at home right now. Oh, okay. You're back in Cleveland, though. Oh, yeah. I'm back at home. Yeah. Actually, I knew that because I just saw that picture you posted this morning with... Who is that? I, I feel like a fool. I have no... This girl, she looks popular with over 100,000 followers, and I have no idea who it is. Yeah, she's a famous DJ. I've kind of been following her around for a while, and conveniently, she was coming back to Cleveland, so... Me and... Uh, me and, I don't know if you know Kevin Blauschild, we decided we're going to go over to Forward, and uh, I... I got the chance to take a picture with her, so I was like, all right, might as well. Yeah, she's cute, man. I thought it was maybe your girlfriend. I didn't know what was going on there. No, not in my wildest <laughs> dreams, I wish. <laughs> uh, what's going on with Kevin Blauschild? Is he, is he DJing downtown these days? What's he doing? He does, like, uh, a monthly event at House of Blues. Um, I believe the next one is, uh, I'm doing a plug for you, Kevin, August 10th. Um but he, uh, yeah, he's actively DJing, and uh, he's not taking it too seriously. I think he's just having fun with it, and I love it, man. It's it's great. If, if you're around, you should definitely come out for it. Oh, hell yeah, man. So he does it every month at the uh, House of Blues? Yeah, there's like this small kind of, it's called the Foundation Room. It's kind of yeah. tucked away upstairs. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's a really cool venue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very intimate. It's not like the real House of Blues people know it to be like a super large concert venue, but it's like a perfect vibe. That's awesome, man. Well, you were you were involved. I mean, are you still doing all that entertainment stuff? I am not, man. I kind of okay. hung it up. Um, How you were doing that for what several years? At least a couple summers ago, correct? Yeah, I don't know if you like kind of know the history behind that. Um, so, like in high school. I'll give you a little brief rundown. In high school, you know, me and my buddies were always scheming on how to make some money here and there. Right. And my dad had Europa, and in the basement he had, like, an empty banquet room. And we were like, well, how could we utilize this and, and try and, you know, like, turn it into a business? And we were probably, like, 15, 16 at the time. And we figured, you know, let's let's throw events and start charging people at the door. We'll set up a DJ. We'll have some soft drinks. Maybe we'll get a security guard if necessary. And so this was kind of at the time that Facebook was booming, like Facebook events. That was like the epicenter of, of figuring out what to do. And so we threw an event, uh, invited all of our Facebook friends uh, at the time. And sure enough, probably like 300 kids showed up. They were charging like 20 bucks at the door. And that was a ton of money for us. Um, at the end of the night, at 15, 16 years old, and yeah, we're six like, we're split. Yeah. oh yeah, just split two ways. We're like, what? We got to keep doing this. So we started getting creative with it, um, and 
did more and more parties and we started throwing these paint parties which became like a, a real big thing and then uh, we started outgrowing my dad's venue and went over to the west side with like a thousand plus kids I remember MTV showed up to one of our parties um, it was pretty wild wow. uh, to say the least and then you know Rock the House and Zone Entertainment uh, I've definitely heard of Rock the House so they were like doing all of our production and sound and lighting and kind of pairing up for us for every event and at that time you know Adam and I my partner we were um, going off to college and we just kind of just kind of couldn't manage it anymore and they ended up buying us out so at that moment I kind of stopped doing entertainment but always had the itch to get back into it and so when I moved back to Cleveland um, I started promoting parties which is a great way to meet people and kind of get into the scene um, but ultimately it's not a great long-term play for me I don't think I'm gonna you know continue to do that but I love the experience I love the people I've met out of it and oh yeah the networking has got to be huge oh it's unbelievable everybody going you know going to these parties you meet so many people doing so many different things and it yeah. it really helps I don't, sure. I don't know how those guys do it for years and years and years like you said though because that would just burn the hell out of me Oh man! It's it's it's, it's like it's, it's like like you're uh, you're up till like what like four five six in the morning on the weekend at least. Yeah. And I even remember doing it at like sixteen seventeen, like trying to be on top of like first of all, it's kind of weird telling you know thirty forty year old guys what to do right. at that age. And it's kind of a but <laughs> <laughs> more importantly, it's like um, I mean the logistics of planning an event like that. Every you know you got to manage ticket sales. You got to make sure the production is right you got to make sure the artists are on top of everything you got to get liability insurance it's it's such a yeah headache. people look and, at people look at it and go oh those guys are just professional partiers they don't realize all of the behind the scenes that go into making one night happen oh yeah just one it's, event it's, it's crazy it's, it's 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 nuts and kudos to the guys of forward man they they are doing it right um, they brought the scene that i was hoping would cultivate in Cleveland and it's just going to go up from here. I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. So that's good. Built, I'm happy to hear that. A machine. Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a, it's a cool idea. I told Bobby Rudder the same thing. I never thought it would last here in Cleveland and boy, what did I know? <laughs> here it goes. <laughs> yeah. It's popping pop from Wednesday to Sunday. That's right. That's why he's doing that. His, that's why he's in that industry and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you might, you might be able to catch a pool party on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly, man. So what are you doing now then? What are you doing for work these days? So I'm currently unemployed. Um, nice. At, at You're PNC my hero. <laughs> it's been great. I, I was working at PNC Bank for a year and a half, just over. Um, and I, you know, wasn't for me. Loved the experience, but uh, ultimately decided that I'm going to leave Cleveland. And I took a job in LA for Oracle NetSuite, if you're familiar. They sell like ERP systems. Sure. Um, sure. So I'll be going out there in October. And so in the meantime, I thought it'd be a great time to travel. And Dude, so you're leaving us? You're leaving I am Cleveland? Leaving you. Jeez, I, I'm, brother. I'm sad. I'm, it's bittersweet for me to say, but I'm leaving Cleveland. Come on. You just were talking about how the scene's coming around and it's not <laughs> slowing down. Now you're leaving. It's just starting nah. to get good over here. I'll just be bringing, feeding the good ideas from L.A. to Bobby. You'll be back. I'll Everyone be back. comes back, man. When you're ready to yeah. settle down and start a family, you'll you'll be back. I have, I have no I have, doubt. I have a good feeling. Listen, I love Cleveland. I feel like it's a great place to raise a family. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that I got to grow up in this community. and I just feel like I'll resent, resent not going anywhere and trying a new city and trying something different. So I feel like oh, this no is doubt. my time. No doubt. Yeah, man. Like, you know, we, we you and I have texted about it, too. It's like... Do it while you can. Take advantage of these times. You're young. Get out there. Go experience. Go live. Because one day you're going to look back and be like, damn it, I wish I could have done it or wish I should have done it when I actually could have. And now I can't. I want to do it, but I can't because I have all these other responsibilities. Yeah, so you're smart. Thinking, well, yeah, when I was thinking about you know pulling the, or pulling the trigger on this European trip, I'm like, you know, if I don't do it now, I might end up working myself and then getting married, having kids, not having the opportunity to actually stay out there for an extended period of time. So I just exactly. said, and exactly. I'm gone. So, dude, that's that's exactly it. I, I saw you traveling around for the past uh, – how many how many weeks were you gone? I was gone for like 43 days. Damn, bro. Yeah, it was – it was a marathon for sure. Every time I went on Instagram and I saw a new, like you're in a different freaking part of the world, I'm like, <laughs> holy know, shit, is this dude ever coming back? 
I was ready. I was. Done. I stopped watching your goddamn stories. I was getting so so jealous after about day thirty-two. I mean, goddamn. I felt like I had to document it though. Every place I went, something different was popping up. I'm, I just love capturing the moment and just don't want to forget what it was like. So, so go to back to the. You were gone for forty-three days. Who did you first off? Who did you leave with? Who did you go with? And and then how did how did you plan a, a trip of that magnitude? Sure. So originally I was gonna go solo, um, and it just so happened that I met this girl Kathleen in Cleveland. She's a teacher, so she gets like three months off, um, and she was looking to travel as well. So we have linked up, and so my other buddy Jack had all of his PTO lined up, and so the three of us decided to kind of sit down and map out. Um, four cities and together we went uh from amsterdam to copenhagen to stockholm to berlin and then prague so five cities and then after those cities my buddy mark who is about to go to med school he also had a lot of time off and so he's like i'll just meet you for the last leg of your trip conveniently so him and i went to croatia we went to split Hvar island dubrovnik uh, Naples and Almafi Coast, and then I went to Barcelona. Holy shit! Yeah, it was. Wow, it was wild. wow. I know that is it. that's absolutely incredible. So, so what is what is it like, man? You you end up saying screw it, I'm just going to spend the money and leave. Did you know you were going to be gone for for 43 days originally? I did not have a flight home booked. Okay. And I, a lot of me didn't want to come home. There was dude, Europe is so big, and there's so much to explore. And yeah. I just at that point once you're already kind of like knee deep in there 45 days you're already there you, you just kind of want to say screw it and keep going but right. my dad kind of talked me into it and he's like you know you've been spending a lot of money and I think you should come home and kind of chill out you'll have plenty of other opportunities to go out there and I agreed with him yeah so um like, I booked my flight to Chicago and Rome was coming in town so you know I had to gear gear myself up for a cousin's weekend in Chicago after being jet lagged and in, in, in Europe so that was a that was a, a nice little push at the end but <laughs> so so anyone that wants to get away for like a month because I want to hear about your trip but anyone that's like wants to do it but they're not sure and they don't know how to budget for it I mean if someone wants to go to Europe for a month and go bounce around from you know, several countries city to city how much money do they, do they need to bring approximately? What do you think? I mean, really, it's kind of how you live. Um, I think you can survive out there for 40 USD a day for spending money realistically. I mean, I spent more than that, and I went there with that anticipation. Mm -hmm. um, you can stay at a hostel for $15, $20 a day. It's a great way to meet people. There's hostels all over Europe. Um, Is that what you did? I stayed at a couple hostels, and then since I had people traveling with me, it like made more sense to just get an Airbnb because it was marginally more expensive, and right. it was it it like way more value out of that personally. Um, but the public transportation system in Europe is is flawless. I, I mean, in most places you go, it's really easy to get around. Um, most people don't even have cars in, in many of the cities that I went to, so getting around is really easy. And then I guess ultimately. You know, besides living and your daily expenses, I mean, flights and flights are really cheap once you get to Europe. But even nowadays, man, you could find a very reasonable flight. Like my flight from New York to Amsterdam, I think was $400, which isn't bad at all. No, not going across the pond. That's not exactly. bad at all. 400 bucks, and it was Norwegian. So if you've never flown Norwegian, which is like the majority of these overseas flights nowadays from the States to Europe definitely do it because it is a great airline and it's very budgeted so wow okay yeah so that's yeah. just you need like what 50 to 100 dollars a day is kind of yeah. what you're saying i probably spent I, I haven't calculated it yet i'm still kind of you know unpacking everything mentally and physically and i i haven't done the numbers yet but i would have to assume it was between probably 75 and 100 dollars usd right right so I when mean, you go ahead no, I, I was just God. So when you get out there, man, and you're out there for your first the first day you land, you're in Amsterdam. What are the feelings like? And like, what where do you you know that there's no set schedule? I'd imagine. So what do you do? Man, I got there and I was just so like 
elated to be there. I, not working, I felt like I've just kind of put myself through the grind for the last you know year and a half, and I just wanted some time to just chill out. Didn't have a ton on the itinerary, which I liked. I didn't, you know, don't, if you're going to plan a trip to Europe, don't over plan because it never goes the way you plan. Things change. You meet different people. They're on different things. They're doing more fun things. You're like, ah, I wish I didn't buy that so I could do this. So I'm really happy that I didn't do it that way. But Amsterdam was great. We did uh, the Anne Frank house um, where like her hideout. It was super emotional place to be. Um, Amazing experience. That was like one of the first things you did. Yep, one of the first things I did. After wow. we had a beer, we were like, all right, let's go to the Anne Frank house. <laughs> wow. It was uh, it was very emotional, and anyone who's in Amsterdam, I really recommend you make a stop there. What, um, what's, also, what's, what part about it, it makes it like most emotional? What was it for you? Uh, I mean, just knowing everything that went down and the history behind it and knowing that, you know, I've lost family members, even though, you know, not knowing any of them, you know, in the Soviet Union, it's just, it kind of strikes a nerve and seeing, you know, her having to hide out, like if you see the conditions of it, it's like this old raggedy, just crawl space that you have to get up to. And it's like, she lived the majority of her life here. And it was, it's just sad. Wow that a lot of people had to go through that and it was nice to hear about like the you know the locals that were actually protecting her and 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 trying to keep her safe but it was uh it was super emotional i mean everybody in there was crying and it was no kidding no kidding a lot of emotions there um you know what's so sad too man is that we talk about it like it's so like that's like the only time in history and that shit's going on right now here in the in this country people are living the same kind of way I mean, it's, it's it, you know, in a different kind of, um, maybe for different reasons, but when you see, like, the horrors that go on for that people have to experience here, even here in this own country, man, it's like, you, it's so easy to just think that nothing bad is happening when your own life is going okay, but there's people living in these crazy conditions all the time. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, look at the, I mean, this is extreme, but look at Castro, what he did to those girls in Cleveland. That's insane. That I mean, it could be your next. It could be your next door neighbor, and you have absolutely no idea about it. Exactly, know? bro. Exactly. And it makes you like kind of have less faith in humanity, but at the same time, you still want to hold on to that faith and want to believe that people are altruistic and not going to do anything bad because that's the kind of community you ultimately want to have. But yes. it's not everybody. You know, it's not everybody. No, and the thing is, is that the majority of people are really, truly good people. I think, but. Like everything else in life, the negative always outweighs and outshines the positive. So always, it's tough. On the new, you can't flip on the news without ninety percent of it being negative. Like, exactly. I don't even watch the news anymore just for that reason. I don't either. It's garbage. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stay more positive in my life, man. I'm trying to trying to do as much as I can to just keep a healthy mind. And Europe definitely helped me out, man. Oh, I think, that's beautiful. I feel like people there are genuinely happier. Um, that's one big takeaway I had from Europe. Um, people there, I think, are more communal, and I think that stems from the government systems. Um, not to get super like political or anything like that, but I feel like, you know, capitalism breeds this sort of greed and and trying to one up the next person, and it sort of creates a culture of hostility and less community. And I feel like out there, I mean particularly speaking to like Stockholm for example where it's more of a socialistic society and people there are kind of on a more level playing field and the government helps out with education you know people don't have as much financial stress I think adds a lot to the mix granted they're a much smaller country but it it was like a utopian society I've never been to a place like that if you've ever had the desire or just the slightest interest you should absolutely visit Stockholm man yeah, no, I was, it's, it's, it's a unique. It's, place. it's neat to see other people's perspectives and, and get an idea of wh- how other people live, uh, regardless of, of of the way the governments are operating or or any, you know how society operates over. There. It just it gives you a different perspective so that you have an idea of the full picture because no system's perfect, and all systems have flaws. So I think it's great. And, and you're out there, you're starting your your journey. And you're like, okay, this is a damn good start. I'm, I already, I already had my first cry, on my first day. <laughs> so where do you go from there? Um, 
you know, after enjoying the nice coffee shops of Amsterdam and, you know, walking through the canals and you got to pass by through the red light district. I mean, people always talk about Amsterdam being kind of like uh, just coffee shops and red light district and right. so much more than that. That place is, is absolutely beautiful. Um, the architecture, uh, just the streets, the canals, the way it's laid out. Everybody's biking. It's a super. Like, it's like what you would see in the movies, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's 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 literally what you see in the movies, but you don't want to believe it until you actually get there, and then you see it, and you're like, "Wow, this is real. It exists." Wow. <laughs> wow. So uh, after Amsterdam, I was really looking forward to Copenhagen, um, where my buddy George from Cleveland actually he was similarly on a European trip a few years back, and he met a girl in Denmark. And he ended up moving out there and marrying her. And now he lives out there. He went, you know, went to business school and he works out there. Holy and I was shit. Really, I know. He, he, he did the whole thing and I was really looking forward to seeing him. So he showed us around the city. Um, you're like, really, you're like, hey, hon, you, you, uh, George's wife, you have any other, any friends? <laughs> I was like, hey, do you have any sisters perhaps? That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe he did that, but he loves it, man. He loves the culture out there. And believe it or not, Everywhere I went, it was super easy to navigate because everybody spoke English. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. if it's like I'm sure you've done a lot of business out there, but I was so ignorant to the fact that everybody speaks English out there. Well, you know, I'm- it's crazy, man. English is even going to like the UAE, which is a Muslim country, obviously. If you go to the UAE, I mean, it's like every sign is in Arabic and in English. Wow. So yeah, obviously Europe's going to be even more so. Europe's more much more Western, but. Even in the UAE, in the middle of the oil you know, oil center of the world, Muslim-owned, Muslim-dominated country, everything is in both Muslim, Arabic and English. It's a, well, it's we got to drive the cars that you know. We got to drive the cars that they fuel, so they have yeah. to pay some kind of respects. I guess. That's right. That's right. Yeah, English is universal, man. I, I don't know how if you don't learn English growing up wherever you are in the world these days, you're you're doing yourself a disservice. True. Especially now with technology, because the world's so small now. You know, you can, you can communicate with anybody. Said yeah. That they had to earn, learn English, like it was a requirement. So everybody, everybody I spoke to in every country basically said we learn English in school as a requirement, and you basically have to be fluent to graduate. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So go ahead, keep going. So you're you're doing your thing, and then what what, what was next? Next was Stockholm after Copenhagen. Um, Stockholm was, as I said, just like a, a utopian society, like the most good-looking people, men and women I've ever seen in my life, all just like blonde-haired, blue-eyed, literally everybody. I've never seen anything like this. It was as <laughs> if they just like created a population and just put them there. It was pretty wild to see that. Was it um, the, Was it a big party scene there? Yeah, pretty big party scene. And yeah. Stockholm is, gets like that in the summer because they're so far north. They have like 18 hours of sunlight. And so it was wild. You'd like go into the club at 11 o'clock. It's literally bright daylight outside. And then you'd walk out at like two, three o'clock in the morning and it's bright daylight. No shit. Yeah. So it was definitely a mind, you know, I was super confused walking out of there. (laughs) (laughs) So how, what, what, how, how many, how long have you been on the trip at this point? This is your third stop. So how long have you been? Third stop, probably like 12 days into it at this point. Okay. Um, Running out a little, a little bit of steam, but um, super blown away by Stockholm and keeping the energy going. And like, what do I you mean, feel? Like, what have you? What like in those first two weeks, three different country or three different uh, destinations, um, all offering something different. What was like some of the big things that you took away, or what are some of the the major things that you would recommend somebody you know going to see there? As far as like every city, or just like Stockholm. Just like your first two weeks of the trip. First two weeks of the trip. Um, Stockholm is a must. And you can go without going to Copenhagen, but um, you got to go see architecture um, in every city you go to because that's a great way to kind of familiarize yourself with the history. I'm not a huge history nut, but I think it's a great way to learn a little bit of history if you go see like the big landmarks of every city you can definitely get a good feel for its history um i'm a huge foodie growing up in a restaurant i mean i feel like that's my version of figuring out a city is their food culture so i was always the one scoping out the places to eat 
looking at every Yelp review, Reddit review, just trying to find the best places for us to have the most authentic meal uh, to that region. I mean, we weren't always eating like the most authentic meals catered to the region, but like I definitely wanted to make sure I had at least one in every city I went to. So if y'all ever need recommendations, you can hit my line. I got you guys. I got lists made out. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Hey, so if the, if uh, Amsterdam, if somebody has to go to like one one restaurant, what would you recommend in Amsterdam? You know, I wasn't blown away by any of the restaurants in Amsterdam. I gotta be honest. With Interesting. You. Yeah, a lot of the food was like fried and like they don't have a, a great food scene. I do have one written down that I went to. I don't know it off the top of my head, but okay. I will definitely. What about like anything that stuck out in Copenhagen uh, or in uh, Stockholm? Uh, in Stockholm, Rolf Scheck is what it's called in Stockholm. It's a very traditional um, Swedish meal, mm. uh, cuisine rather, and they have like you know traditional Swedish meatballs. That's something you definitely have to try when you're in Sweden. And I had the most incredible beef tartare, which I never thought I would really like. I, I don't, wasn't really a fan of eating raw meat, but they prepared something that just melted in my mouth. And I, I'm never going to say no to something that a local tells me to try. So I tried it, and I was blown away by it. Um, what about Swedish fish, the candy? <laughs> I didn't see much of that, to be honest no. with you. No. <laughs> Ikea is from Sweden. I know that. Is it? Okay. Yeah, and yeah. apparently they have food in Ikea. I've never been to an Ikea, but they the people that were raving about the Swedish meatballs at the Ikea, so I, I love it. I love it when you like go away out of like all the way across the world and then you go to a place that you can go to in your own backyard. Right. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that typical? Like I had no idea that Ikea was Swedish. Yeah, I neither did I. Neither did I. Okay, so those first two weeks you've been three destinations, all offering a different experience. Are you feeling like a, a, a different sense to your being like you're not, you're away from home now for two weeks I, how, how are you feeling emotionally at this point I'm feeling amazing like I, I, I couldn't even describe what I was feeling after Stockholm just like the series of events and going out and the people we met who like kind of took us under their wing and showed us around the city and it was I was feeling on top of the world at Stockholm yeah, um, yeah. and next was Berlin and Berlin is a city that I probably won't go back to, although I really appreciated going there. I just, it wasn't for me, and I don't know what it was about about it, but I just, you know, I didn't particularly love the city. I mean, the architecture was gorgeous. I went to some amazing landmarks there. I saw the, uh, there was a, you know, a tribute, kind of like a Holocaust uh, little memorial that they set up, which was great. Um, I went to their, like, diplomatic building, which is just, it, it's grand, but um, as far as you know, I'm not crazy about German cuisine, and I'm not a huge beer drinker. Um, and to be quite honest, we got denied from a couple clubs in Berlin. And I think it's because there's this one club. It's like super famous. It's open 24 hours. It's called Berkheim. It's, it's something everybody tries to do when they go to Berlin. And I guess they try and like protect the grunge. And I guess we weren't grungy enough, but us along with everybody else in line got turned away from that place. It was really? Pretty, yeah, it was pretty wild. I, I don't know. They don't really care to have your business. And they don't even tell you why. Nope, they don't even tell you why. And then we walked up to some, you know, local after and like, hey, you know, like, why did we get denied? And she's like, you know, well, why don't you mess up your hair a little bit, put on all black and like, don't smile when you walk up to the bouncer and don't even say a word. Just walk up there like you're expecting it to get in. So the night two, we just, you know, me and Jack dress all black Get up, get up to the door, mess up our hair, it's just kind of looking grungy. Nope. No kidding. Nope. It's almost like they knew that you weren't supposed to, that you weren't part of the, the culture there. Yeah, I something. mean, they can smell us from a mile away. And yeah. it's like peak tourist season. I don't really know. I guess, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah. I mean, that's not entirely the reason why I was, like, particularly turned off by Berlin. I think it was just coming off of a super, you know, big high in Stockholm, kind of expecting the same to be in Berlin. It just didn't live up to it but now are you guys meeting new people practically every day like oh yeah making new that's relationships the yeah that's the best part about going to Europe is just meeting the people meeting locals who are like down for Americans and like willing to just offer a helping hand and show you where to go and where to eat and some even like went out with us and showed us an incredible time and I'll, what are the, what are the uh, what are the ladies like uh 
you want me to rank the cities? <laughs> yeah, actually, that that would be the highlight of this whole podcast. Stockholm yeah. takes number one, absolutely. <laughs> I figured that out, yeah. Uh, Barcelona, probably a close second. Mm-hmm. Croatia, definitely up there. Prague was very, like, kind of a mix of everybody coming in, so it was very, very touristy, although you got to go to Prague. That was the next city after Berlin, and... I was blown away by architecture, and that's not like I'm not particularly huge on, uh, like, or uh, like understand architecture on a deep level. But like looking at some of these buildings, I was like, dude, it, it, how is this humanly possible to even build? Like, right? It was. I was blown away by it. Um, you got to go to Prague for sure. Have you ever been over? No, I haven't, man. I've, I've been to Europe, but not not like all this. I've, I've been to, I've been to Italy. Um, and that's been pretty. Maybe there's been one or two other places I've been for work, but just in and out pretty quickly. So yeah, I yeah. mean, I know you got three kids and you got a big job, but if you ever find the time to like even do two weeks to just kind of bounce around a little bit, there's so much that you can see just bouncing around. Well, that's all. That's the way to do it, man. Because yeah. you get exposed to so many different things, and it's like sitting stagnant in one space for a week. That's kind of a waste when you have an opportunity to just bounce around like you did. Very true. By the end of it, too, I didn't even know what language I was speaking. Like, <laughs> I just. Are you guys like, like drinking every day and every night? Uh, definitely for the first part of the trip, we were going at it pretty hard. But then towards the end, like when Mark joined me in Croatia, I was kind of burnt out, and Croatia wasn't like terribly huge on partying besides Far Island, so we kind of just stuck to wine. And dude, the local wines in Croatia yes. are just the wine culture out there is a different beast. It's, it's it is, yeah. It's unfiltered and it's like it's quality wine, and you don't feel a hangover the next day. Like it's well, it's also part of the culture that you almost have to have wine at lunch and at dinner. These guys, they they drink wine during the day and then they go back to work like it's nothing. Unreal. I was seeing like business meetings when we were yeah. having lunch. People we were having business meetings just having bottles of wine I'm like wow it's like almost it's almost tab it's it's not a good thing if you if you decline the wine it's like yeah you got how dare you yeah i mean hey i feel like you could even perform a little bit better coming back to work on a couple glasses yeah, of wine yeah that you let the edge down a little bit yeah a little, a little more friendlier <laughs> around the office go say what up to share on accounting if you're that's right like, exactly oh, you've got it all figured out man so where you so you ended up going from uh, you said next was croatia what was next uh, effort. So Croatia, we did split. Not you know nothing too. It's a port city. It's a cool city. Um, Croatia was after Berlin. Uh, after Berlin was Prague. Oh Prague. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we had spent four nights in Prague. Um, actually went to a Michelin star restaurant in Prague, and that was the, probably the best meal I've ever had in my entire life. It was at a place called La Degustacion, um, and it was traditional Czech. But obviously, at Michelin star restaurants, they kind of really put their spin on things, and the chef just goes the extra mile to create like an artistic experience while you're eating the meal. And it wasn't like you just come in, you have your meal, and you leave. It's like a three-hour, twelve-course tasting menu, and wow. you can't you can't just walk up there and expect to eat. You have to make a reservation, kind of months in advance and I kind of called the first day that we were there and I was like listen if you have any openings at all for the next four days we are there and lucky for us somebody canceled and we were blessed enough to have that experience and it was the best you've ever had best meal I've ever had hands down um best experience like culinary experience I've ever had holy shit wow I like it's because I had like 12 different meals in one sitting and the way that he combined the flavors um, and, and what he used, like the fermentation of things and just so much thought went into the meal that like I didn't even feel like I was eating. I felt like I was like thinking the entire time. It was pretty I – I don't even – like I could – I'm still unpacking what I went through quite honestly. Yeah, you're still trying to digest it all. Yeah, I'm like looking back at these pictures and I'm like what did I eat and I was blown away by well, it. Well, it's so amazing, I, man. You know, even here there's times where you're just – there's certain times where you could have a dining experience and get lost in it for two, three hours. And and there's like this euphoric feeling that you get just sitting there at times. And it's hard to really explain why you're feeling that way. But it's like all these different things are clicking. And 
you're you're appreciating life you're enjoying your company the atmosphere you, you have a little drink inside of you you're feeling good it's just weird man it's like a euphoria it is it really is have you ever gone through like a a nostalgic experience where you've either like eaten something or smelled something and it took you back to like yes. your childhood yes that to me is wild like when you have a moment like that I it just reminds you how powerful the brain is and how yes. much you kind of keep stored up there until you actually go through an experience that reminds you of something it's pretty pretty amazing yeah and that's what you're doing now man you got all these things that are being stored away from your trip and you're trying to figure out like <laughs> what just happened the last month and yeah half? what's yeah. worth holding on to right, like, right I feel like I can only hold on to so much in my brain but like lucky I got all these pictures to look back at and just pictures are amazing because you look at them and you just relive the moment and yeah. I have probably three to four thousand pictures from this trip jeez so I've got a lot to look through yes, I haven't looked do. through that's anything crazy. yeah that's crazy alright so after after Prague where'd you go Croatia Croatia was next okay yeah so after going you know Amsterdam Copenhagen Stockholm Berlin Prague super like metropolitan cities I was really looking forward to some beach time so Croatia gave me a lot of beach time um, Split was a cool city we did a little bit of beach time there but Kvar Island that's a place that was just special in Croatia you have to take a little ferry by you know two hour ferry um, once you get there it's like a tiny little island you can pretty much you know run around the whole thing in like an hour and a half if you really uh, wanted to um, but it was kind of a party island and a dining island but I was just there for the beach man the Adriatic water is just the bluest clearest water you've ever seen and there's like no sharks minimal fish I like fish but um, the seafood there wow <laughs> you, you've never had such fresh caught fish in your life like literally caught hours before you ate it um, wow you gotta, you gotta try the seafood in, uh, when you're in Croatia absolute must uh, spent a few days there the nightlife was great cause you're on an island everybody there is going out like you're either there you know for a beach vacation or you know the young you know the young crowds going out and bars were open till two and then they had this one club on a remote island that opened at two o'clock that all the ferries they pick the people up off the ports and all kind of like bust them in or boat them into the island and it was like forward on steroids on an island it was Pretty Dude, I hope you and got I, some pictures from there. So I actually posted on Instagram that one picture of like the moon. And it was like nighttime. I don't know if you caught it, but okay. um, if you go to my page, you can see it. And it was from Carpe Diem, uh, the club facing the island of Kvar. And I saw that and I was like, I got to take a picture of this. Oh, hell yeah, man. These, these are once in a lifetime uh, experiences. Yeah, and I felt like such a tourist, like pulling out my phone everywhere to try and take a picture. And I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't care about posting this anywhere. I need to remember this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Get, get, get them all printed, bro. Get all the pictures printed. Put that's them in the album. That's a great idea. Like, create yeah. a little album. That's actually a Get the old fashioned, go to, the, get, go to Walgreens. They'll have them done in a day or two. Get them all okay, printed. I've, I've got all the time in the you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm I've been doing lately. I've been taking my pictures from my phone, and I'm just, I'm getting them all printed because it's like you lose it. They, they sit in your phone, and if you don't put them on a social media, you're going to lose them because your phone's going to break or something right. stupid is going to happen. At the very least, put it on, like, a remote hard drive. Put it on a remote drive, or I'll tell you what, man, that going through and getting these pictures actually printed like we used to 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's a cool, yeah. it's a nice feeling. I've got like photo albums that I'm creating now with my kids and everything. It's, so conversely, yeah. my parents have these like boxes and boxes of all these old photos that I'm afraid are going to get lost at some point. Yeah. So I'm, I was planning on digitizing those photos and putting them on files so that we have them at least in data in case you know, the house burns down or something and we at least have those. So. Yeah, yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Protect yourself on both sides. Exactly. So where'd you go from? Uh, so at this point, you're what almost a month into the trip. Uh, just about. Yeah. Um, just about a month into the trip, definitely feeling, uh, you know, drinking and like being out that much is just. Are you able to work out? Are you working out at all? Yeah, I'm definitely trying to do as much as I can. I promised myself. So I do intermittent fasting. I've been doing it for the last three years. It's like changed my life. Yeah. Um, and I highly recommend it to. What do you do? Eight p.m. to noon. Uh, yeah, noon, noon 8. That's been my thing. Yeah. Um, on days that I'm working out more, I'll just eat a little bit more, but I've, I've always kept that window. 
So you noon, noon to 8 is your eating window. Yeah. And then 8 to noon is really your fasting window. 8 p.m. to noon the next day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And at this point, I kind of like look forward. I like that. I, I love that feeling of the fast. I, at this point, I don't know if it's like a psychological thing, but. Yeah, I man, I've kind of done it too. And it's once you get into the flow, it's like you don't even want to eat in the morning. Yeah, and it's such contrary to science. Like yeah. that exists. People think you got to have breakfast in the morning for energy, and to me, it just makes me lethargic. Like I need coffee and I need sparkling water. In the same exact water, way. I'm good to go. That's exactly what I had today. I just had a protein bar right before we sat down for this for this podcast. But was that your first? Uh, that was it. That was my that first. Was... It was eleven thirty. I was like, all right, I'm close enough. But yeah, yeah, I had, well, yeah. I've been drinking I've been there. Rockstar. Perrier and coffee this morning. That was my breakfast. So there you go. Yeah, yeah I'd be in like a coffee shop. It'd be like eleven thirty. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm just gonna grab a croissant. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could cheat every that, now not, and again. Not that it's like the most healthiest thing to have, but in Europe, man, the coffee culture. I'm a big. I love coffee, and I've had to have tried at least three coffee shops in every city that we. How do you had. work out there? Are you just doing outdoor running, or what do you? What were you doing? I call them like jail workouts. I'll literally just find like a bar and just start doing pull-ups and push-ups. And oh, okay. Just running around and running up and down the stairs. In Croatia, we played some basketball, which was cool. That was like a, a nice big sweat. I wanted to do yoga, but didn't you know? Didn't end up doing it just because I sweat so much and like if I don't have a towel underneath me or like if I'm not I know doing man. the right way, I'll just be slipping everywhere. Yeah. And, Yep. Just not a not a great idea, but yeah, I was just doing jogs, and and that was great because you can kind of run around the city too and see where things are laid out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just wondering because I I would be a load after forty days in, in Europe. I would have to be working out every day, man. Dude, you you would because do you know how much you walk out there? It is it is incredible. Yeah, like I I use that health app on my phone that like tracks how far you walked. And I was going, I think on average, five to six miles a day walking. And I think one day I hit 15 miles. It, we were Holy we shit. All, yeah, we walked all over the city. It and it's hot hard. out, so you're sweating. Yeah, you're sweating yeah. like crazy. So yeah. definitely bring extra T-shirts and lots of baby powder. <laughs> uh, so where did you go from there? What was next? Uh, next was Dubrovnik uh, mm-hmm. and Kotor, Montenegro. They're right next to each other. But Kotor was just a day trip. Um, Dubrovnik was really cool to see how much Game of Thrones had an impact on that city and Game of Thrones actually filmed there wow um, I never watched Game of Thrones I still haven't seen it but after going to Dubrovnik I feel a sense of obligation <laughs> to, uh, to watch it because yeah. their city damn near like depends on uh, Game of Thrones like it has pumped so much economic stimulus into that into that city and they had we walked the, we did like a Game of Thrones tour where they, you know, took us around the city and kind of gave us some cultural background. And my buddy Mark, who's a huge Game of Thrones fan, really appreciated, like, you know, they set up Oh, the he scenes. must have thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Oh. See, I, I've never watched it either, so I can't really talk about it, but... Yeah, yeah. I feel like... I, I feel like I'm going to be one of those kids that missed out on, like, Harry Potter. And, and yes. I feel like if, if I don't watch it right now, I'm, I'm never going to watch it. So yeah. it might take some time to, to dive into You've it. You've got some time, like you said. You've got a couple exactly. months now. Yep. Uh, so that great was cool. Surrounding there, Dubrovnik was was neat. Um, mm-hmm. From there, we went to uh, Naples and Amalfi Coast, and that place is just spectacular, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's like but, it's like what you see in the pictures, right? Yeah, you know, I I didn't believe it, and this place is just you, you got to see it. And have you been? You no, never have. Nope. Okay. We took a car from Naples, and having a car or like a bike in Amalfi is just imperative, man. Um, we drove around the coast, and it was the food was amazing, the wine was amazing, the scene was amazing. We're playing Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. Oh, Jesus! The speaker just just being obnoxious tourists, but it was all right, dude. I'm fucking booking my trip. You you, you sold me. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. You've got, you got to take some time. You, I'm gone, bro. Hey, you know I've got a little more time on my hand these days, so. I uh, I've got a little more free time and a little more freedom to to go and do. So uh, th- this take, is at the top of my list. Take full advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going. To, I'm going to. I, I will. So that and was then, like the, this. How long were you in the in the coast for? We were there for five nights. And, and where are you staying? Staying in Amalfi. Amalfi, actually, people say Amalfi, and I, it's Amalfi. Um, stayed in the square. I, had I, you know, looking back, and I probably would have rather stayed in. Positano, which is kind of like where most of the action is, but mm. really everything's kind of like a 20-minute ride away, so it's not terribly far. It's just these 
these roads are like wild because they're always turning and curving and it's like organized chaos so driving up there was kind of a nightmare just because you're you could be a mile away from someplace but it's going to take you about 30 minutes to get there sure sure so if you're going to go to amalfi coast that area you got to stay in like Positano. i would highly recommend the food how was the food there wow i had the most incredible pasta i've ever had Uh, and the scenes right the scene you get to sit outside and look over the coast yeah looking at these giant like yachts rolling by and just amazing live music being played the pizza might have been complete shit but it just tasted good because of the atmosphere you were in yeah honestly you could have given me an apple and as long as i'm sitting there eating it like i'm in pure bliss i know man i know that's awesome so you were there for five days Yep. You've been gone for what, like 35, 40 days almost at this point? Yeah, at this point I'm just looking forward to a cheeseburger and some... Uh, are you Are you like kind of like, okay, I've gotten out of my system, I'm, I'm ready? Like, what, what point do you start feeling like, all right, I'm ready to get back home to my... To my I mean, routine? in Italy, I w- it, towards the end of it, I was like, damn, I'm just, I need to go do like a steam session or just go work out somewhere. I felt like I'd eaten so much that I just like, I need to, that's what I was looking forward to most, honestly, just like getting a quality workout and coming back home. Really, um, yeah. but I like mentally. I was very relaxed, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think Croatia was kind of like the hump of feeling that like marathon. I, I'm running out of steam, but like after I got over that hump, I was pretty good mentally. But physically, I just I was definitely dwindling. Um, sure. And then by Barcelona, which was my final stop. Um, <laughs> That's great. Which you know is a pretty wild final stop. Yeah was uh was a beautiful city it's so big and i you don't you don't realize it until you know i went up this uh, mountain it's called monchuic and once you get to the top of monchuic it's like this gorgeous view of the city and uh it's huge and i just realized that i barely scratched the surface for the six nights that i was there um and i, I actually didn't have a flight booked home until like the second night i was like all right i, I probably should start thinking about getting home and Conveniently, I found a reasonable flight into Chicago and, and, and booked it back. But um, wow. have you have you been to Spain? No, never have. Definitely add it to the list. Um, Sagrada Familia. It, it was designed by an architect, uh, Gaudi. He's like internationally famous, and uh, it was something that everybody said to do. And then you get there, and it's like this giant uh, church, and it's continually being built because. He died and like left all these guidelines behind of, of what he wanted it to look like. But man, is it just? I, I posted. I don't know if you caught it, but it was the most beautiful church I'd ever seen with like mosaics and these structures, and you could like get lost in that place for hours just staring at the ceiling. Honestly, well, the architecture over there, man, is just it is. It's pristine. It's it's one of a kind. It's it's hard to even believe that these structures were built so many. So many, many years ago. I mean, it's just fascinating to even... It's its impossible to wrap your head around. Like, how did these people do it? Yeah, we were in, like, uh, where was... I was... We were in Pompeii, at, uh, in, outside of Naples by Mount Vesuvius. And it was, like, this old, old... I don't even know, like, much of the history behind it. I promised myself I'd look back on it, but just this old town that's been preserved. Probably the oldest thing I've ever seen in my life. And just these massive stones that are, like, paving the road. And I'm like, how did people drag this along the road back in the day? Like, they won't even do that today. Like, we're putting up drywall. Meanwhile, they're, like, cementing these massive stones and creating, like, real structures that are going to last forever. It's it's pretty pretty amazing to see. It's insane. And this is going back thousands of years. It's just, it's just impossible to wrap your head around. That's the feeling I got when I was in Italy and I saw all those different structures. I'm like, Jesus, man, this is crazy. This is craziness that these guys, these people have that kind of talent and ability to do it. And like you said, today we have all the resources in the world. We don't want to do it. We don't want to do anything near it. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're just trying to build structures for money, you know. That's Nobody it. About building things to last these days. Yeah, yeah. The pyramids, that's something I'm really looking forward to seeing one day. Because that's uh, you know obviously a wonder of the world and how how they were able to do that at such an early age and build such you know perfect structures. I mean, there's so many conspiracies behind it. I don't know if you keep up with any of that stuff, but it's pretty it's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so Barcelona was the last stop. You were there for almost a week. You said. 
Yes, and that, sir. And that was, did you travel from destination to destination? Were you, were you traveling mostly by train? Or uh, how were you getting around? Honestly, Ryanair was a really cheap way for us to get around. It's like a cheap budget airline in Europe. Okay. Most flights were like between 50 bucks and 100 bucks. I think I caught a flight for $13 actually once. Nice. And then I think my most expensive flight was like $120. So it was very easy to get around. But we did take a train from, uh, was it? It was Berlin to Prague, and that was three hours. Got to see the countryside of Germany. Just beautiful, man. Yeah. Uh, trains are, are great, a great way to get around out there as well, but based on the cities that we mapped out, it only made sense to, to fly. Gotcha, gotcha. What was your, uh, the, like, the one biggest highlight for you of the entire trip? What was the one thing that really st- sticks out? The one thing that really sticks out a concept or like a moment I don't know I feel yeah like- I don't know whatever was like that special thing if there was I'm sure there was so many things but is there one thing that like you really just was like life changing I guess Stockholm was amazing so everybody asked me like, what was your favorite thing and I enjoyed so many different experiences that I don't think I could put yeah. one above the other but if you know the one thing that like captivated and really like I was really just blown away by is, the, is Stockholm and I just maybe it's because I wasn't anticipating it, but just an, an amazing place with great vibes, and it's got. You know, if you want to go swimming, jump in the water. You want to go like it's got it's got everything encompassed into one beast, and that place is great. I was captivated by that city. I would even would go as far as to say I'd, I'd live in that city. Really? Yeah. If, you know, if I got the opportunity through NetSuite or Oracle to travel out there. And live and conduct business in Europe, or, or do whatever they need. Well, to you know, Sweden's like the, the the one of the countries that has like no enemies in this world. That's true. <laughs> that is true. It's a safe place to be. It really, I felt very safe there. Very like health conscious people, safe place. Everyone's active. Yeah. Super progressive. They're open to everybody. It's a, it's a great place, man. That's beautiful, brother. That is beautiful. People can find you on Instagram. Where, where could they? What's your account? Pharaoh, F-H-A-R-O-H. Don't, don't, ch- don't change really your good. name. Don't change that name again. I won't change it. I'll All be right. honest. I went through a little thing. I, I deleted Instagram. I felt like I didn't need it, but everything's good in moderation. That's True. what I learned through that experience. Got back on it. I'm happy to be on it. Got a lot of inspiration on Instagram. It's a great way to stay connected with friends, especially now that I'm moving away. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, listen. Dude, listen. Thank you so much for, for having me on today man bro anytime you know that we've been talking about it for a while this was this was awesome content and i mean anyone that's listening to this if they feel even remotely like i feel they're going to want to go book a trip to europe (laughs) and if they go only one place we know where we're going we're going to stockholm you're going to stockholm hey we we, should let's do it yeah let's do like a boys trip to stockholm let's go i mean we already planned it out for the next few summers we're going back to stockholm let me know man i'm in i'll keep you in the Thanks right. again. Thanks, Danny. For everybody listening, you know, if you need if you need to reach out and, and get some recommendations, I'm there for it. Thanks, brother. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. All right.